Uh, welcome everyone, this is Pastor Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California, and <clears throat> thank you for joining me this day. As we conclude our study on the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 14 to 24, and um, I'm, I'm just so, uh, so encouraged by this letter, as of course, not a surprise, because it's always about Jesus, but uh, so encouraged that uh, not only about this letter, but how we've journeyed through and studied together uh, the, the life of the Ephesians, what they went through, but yet at the same time, where, uh, where Christ was for them and how this was of a great encouragement as they continue to live this life of faith. And um, what a great book. If you missed any of the segments, please go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and uh, do all that stuff. But uh, go back to uh, the beginning, rewind. I think we probably have um, probably a good set of videos there for the book of Ephesians. Um, and, and use that as your resource. Uh, study it with your Bible open. Maybe um, if you are in the car, you can listen to it there. Uh, you can do it while you're folding the clothes or, 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 you know, or at night when you're about to sleep. If you need that sound in the background, <laughs> um, use it there. But use it for your own edification as um, this always points you back to uh, the truest thing, and that's Jesus. All right. Uh, so today, uh, why don't we begin with a word of prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your divine grace that you bestowed on to each and every one of us by giving to us uh, the armor of God. Bless us, O Lord, in this uh, life of faith as, as though the devil may tarry us in so many ways. Lord, you grant to us the almighty and triumphal defense uh, of your word and sacrament. Invigorate us in our study, and Lord, grant us your discernment. Well, for all these things, we're thankful. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, friends. Okay. All right. Wherever, however you are listening to this, let's do this, all right? Let's enjoy the word. And you know, you are what you wear. I know that's not an idiom, but isn't it you are what you eat? But anyways, you are what you wear. And uh, here we go. All right. Ephesians 6, 14 to 24. Let's get at it. Again, this uh, verse 14 is, uh, had already begun uh, with the closing of the letter. Finally, right, in verse 10 of chapter 6. If you have your Bible out, please have your Bible out if you have it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Uh, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. All right? So when we speak of uh, the full armor of God, now uh, verses 14 and following, uh, we see how uh, St. Paul describes uh, the garments to which we wear, and that's what we're going to go through today. Now, this is supposed to be a human being, if you didn't know that, <laughs> but this is the best I can draw. God made me and he made me not to draw. So uh, if you know me, you know my drawings are um, probably the anti-masterpiece of life. But I try. I try my best. And here we go. All right. Verse 14. Um, Actually, why don't we um, bookend it with uh, verse 13 together. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. So, 
In this life of a Christian,、uh, they are facing an evil day. Now, this is、uh, the, the the proper understanding of our spiritual discernment as we see a world that is dark,、uh, that is、uh, inherently evil. And as Christians,、uh, for the Ephesians,、uh, how, what does Saint Paul instruct them? He he gives them the armor of God, and that is God's word. Uh, to stand firm, and how do we stand firm? Now, I want you to really remember this: that when we speak of the battle or、uh, facing the evil day and standing firm, this is not what you do, right? This is what、uh, the life of faith is about, in a sense where、uh, this is what Jesus has done for you. Very important. We're not going into battle saying I have to win this battle, and if I come out as victor, then I prove my worth. Then I'm a Christian. Then I'm a child of God. Then I have a place in His kingdom. Then I have eternal life. No, we go into this battle. Paradoxically, though it's a battle against the schemes and the forces of evil, the devil himself. At the same time, we go into this battle with the victory already won. Right. We go into this battle, knowing the 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 outcome of this battle, and that is because of what we are, what we wear. After all, the idiom says, "You are what you wear," right? Not really, but it sounds good. Anyways, the point is, is that this is how we、uh, proceed in the already won battle that Jesus Christ at Calvary, in His death and resurrection, and in the sacrament, has given to you. That's the key. Standing firm. Is not something that we do, but it's been done for us by the one who stood in our place、uh, by shedding his blood on the cross faithfully,、uh, as、uh, in his humiliation、uh, to be the atoning sacrifice、uh, for our sins. Right. All right. So in in that light, remember that. Right. This is not a battle we take on ourselves, but rather it is Jesus. All right. Verse fourteen. Stand therefore. Right. Stand. How do you stand? How do you stand? Having the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. All right, so、um, we have a belt, and why is the belt so important? Well, because of course we are wearing a a long flowing robe, right? And when we wear the long flowing robe. We very well know that we need a belt to fasten us, because as we see, this robe is very long. It's very free flowing. So、uh, when we speak of、uh, being ready for action, being dressed for action,、uh, you could always look up Luke twelve. Uh, verses thirty-five to forty,、uh, as we know, that's that's many a time our New Year's Eve message、uh, here in the lectionary. But it's to be to be ready, to be dressed for action, to literally have your loins girded, right? To have this belt fastened so that when the time comes that you are on the go, you will be ready,、uh, and you will not, well, without a belt,、uh, you will trip and fall. And you will stumble over yourself、uh, because of this free-flowing robe. So Saint Paul says, "Stand therefore, having the belt of truth." 
Everything relies upon the truth. The belt is of the truth. The truth is what? The word of God. Not what we want it to say. Not one quarter, three quarters, four fifths, or even 9.9 tenths of the truth, but rather the full truth of God in the scriptures, from the law to the gospel to all that the Holy Scripture has said. This is the one that fastens us and keeps us ready, uh, standing firm with the belt of truth. And ultimately, uh, that is Jesus himself. And this truth is God's word, and this is our ultimate readiness. We are not prepared uh, uh, when we uh, when we do not have the belt of truth. For when we are on the go without the belt of truth, without Jesus, what happens? We run in the robe and we fall. Right? The idiom. This is a true idiom. I think you do not bring a knife to a gunfight. Right? You do not bring a knife. Do a gunfight. And that's so true, right? When we're going into this battle, we do not bring a knife or anything of this world, but what is brought to us is the divine armor that is the word of God that fastens us to his name and, and prepares us for what is to come by the truth of God's word. We, we do not believe in the truth. And, and I say this and I emphasize this because we're living in a world right now where even in Christianity, truth is being uh, diluted. Truth is being compromised. Truth, just like in the Ephesians, right? Every winds of doctrine, it's happening today as well. And when that happens, it might seem all fine and well, but what is happening is our knife to a gunfight mentality, and we are lost, and we are at risk of falling short in a sense of falling to the ways of man. Right? Be aware of that, friends. You know, it's not. Run for the hills <laughs> if, if there is false teaching going on. Run for the hills. Well, not for the hills, but definitely um, uh, really pray about it because this, this false teaching is all about the belt of truth, right? And to know false teaching, you need to know your Bible, right? So read your Bible. Read the scriptures, right? Uh, don't, don't just... Don't just, um, don't just trust... Uh, what anyone necessarily says, but really always connect it to the Bible, always compare it to what Scripture says, right? Because it's all about the truth. It's all about the truth. It's all about the Scriptures, God-breathed truth. And that is where we reside as a church, as pastors who study it. This is where we reside and study. Once falseness comes into the truth, that belt is no longer there, and we will fall short, we will stumble, we will trip and fall, and we will not be ready, right? Okay, the breastplate of righteousness. All right, so we will make the breastplate like this. And here we see the breastplate looks like a hamburger bun, but... <laughs> <laughs> or a cauliflower. But the point is, is that the breastplate of righteousness covers the chest, the very place where your heart is, a very, uh, one of the very important parts of the body uh, covering your vital organs. But yet you are covered by what? Righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is Jesus. Righteousness is rooted in what he has given to us 
in his body and blood, right? That when we speak of his righteousness, let me put a circle arrow here to the belt. Uh, when we speak of his righteousness, uh, we very well know that um, through his righteousness, he gives us the ultimate protection against the spiritual forces of evil, right? It says right there, it says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. How do we put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness? How is this done? Remember, putting on language is what, friends? It is... Baptismal. Why did we entitle this session as Divine Armor? Divine Amor? Divine Love. Divine... Oh, I'm spelling Amor again. All right. Come on. Armor. All right. Because armor is from the divine. Armor is, it is only divine armor that can withstand the forces of evil. And this divine armor, very important, is given to us in the gift of the sacraments, of holy baptism. Putting on the belt of truth, the truth that is the word of God. Putting on uh, uh, the the breastplate of righteousness. Yes, indeed. Uh, As we uh, are given through the water and word, the promise of God and his righteousness, Galatians 3.27, as we are robed in his righteousness, as we are robed in Christ, this is how we go as we face the battle ahead. For it is not what we have done, but rather what Christ has done for us as he armors us with his very word of the gospel. All right. So, Good. We're going off to the field uh, with a belt so far, with with, uh, the belt of truth, the armor uh, that is the breastplate of righteousness. Now in verse 15, what does he give to us? He gives us uh, the shoes, right? It says right there in verse uh, 15, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Why do we need Shoes. Why are shoes so important? Shoes are so important because they, in a practical way, offer us balance, offer us protection against any sharp pieces on the ground. Uh, Going barefoot is very dangerous. Lack of ankle support. You might twist your ankle. You might cut your feet. uh, You might cause a lot of problems just overall uh, to your standing firm. Now, why do we need shoes? Because there we have our readiness to go. Having put on the readiness that is the gospel of peace. How are you made alive? By the body, <coughs> sorry, by the body and blood of Jesus. <coughs> and it is in his promise that there we go in the gospel of peace that we proceed in his peace, that we are equipped and ready to go to walk in this life of faith as the children of light. And there with those very shoes, um, what happens? Uh, We stand firm, right? right? We have proper footing. Improper footing in the spiritual battle puts us in a very precarious place. But rather, with the proper footing of God's word, of the gospel of peace, of Jesus Christ, there we proceed um, as he leads us by his very word.
And so the shoes are very important. Um, the breastplate of righteousness is very important. The belt of truth is very important. And um, here we continue on uh, with uh, our verse 16 right here, if we could read that together. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, right? Um, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, why is a shield so important? It's a very small shield, I apologize, but why is this shield important? Because this shield is not just any shield, but the shield is of faith. The faith that is Jesus. That's a very small shield, by the way. My bad. <laughs> but the point is, is that there the shield is. It's like a little uh, ping pong paddle. Anyways, there the shield is. And what is attacking this very shield is not just any dart, but a fiery dart. Right? Now, you know, if you've ever seen any movies, uh, you very well know that as the fiery darts are coming in a battle scene, what happens? Everyone on the other side... Uh, leans back and uh, uh, stays uh, protected uh, by this shield. They let all the arrows land on this wooden shield. Now, the thing is, is that the opponent uh, would oftentimes uh, put some pitch and, 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 and cause this ignition, this fire upon the tip of the sword, and there these flaming swords would fly towards them. And with flaming swords on wooden shields, what happens with fire and wood? It starts to catch on fire. So uh, what they would do is, uh, a lot of times they would immerse their shields in water overnight. Water, hint, hint, hint. Water, hint, hint, hint. Water! What does water signify? <clears throat> Baptism, right? <laughs> Baptism. They would douse their shields in water so that when the arrows would be coming at them, it would quickly be extinguished and their shields would be preserved for further protection. Right? In all circumstances, not when you find that it's convenient, not when you get to it, not when you think you just need it for that certain time, you very well know that in all circumstances, you know what is around you. And that is this spiritual battle. And there we need the divine armor in all circumstances. And here uh, with the arrow doused in water, there we retreat back to the shield that is our baptism. Right? The baptismal life is not just something that happened when you were a child, um, uh, when you were an infant, right? This baptismal life is daily with you. That this is where you are shielded in the identity as God claimed you by his very word in the water and called you to be his own. That this is your shield and ultimately your protection in the midst of all the fiery arrows that the devil throws upon you. All right? And no matter how many he throws, they all extinguish because of the divine armor. Human armor will not last because it is human, of course. The gracious armor of God 
Well, just as Jesus crushed the devil, and even just as Jesus overcame the devil 40 nights and 40 days in the wilderness uh, as a foretelling, a sneak preview of what was to come at Calvary where he crushed the devil's head by his way of the cross and his uh, death and resurrection. Um, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, likewise, uh, it, it is in this divine armor where we also have that victory. Right? We have the shield of faith. All right. Um, and this is all what? Given to you by the Word of God. Right? All right. Verse 17. Uh, why don't we read that together? And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, we wear a helmet. And we bring a sword <laughs> to the table and um, Kind of like a, one of these. We bring a sword, uh, and man, that is a small sword, by the way. But we bring this sword uh, to the table, and there we go um, on our way, right? So the helmet of salvation is very important in a sense where this is our protection. It reads in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 uh, to the point of uh, what St. Paul talks about the return of Christ and how we ought to wait. There is that picture of uh, the helmet, as St. Paul would say, describes it as the hope of salvation, right? Our hope is in what Jesus has already done for us in his life-saving work of the gospel. That this is the helmet to which we are protected by as we go on with this battle with our sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. As though the devil may throw his fiery darts, we are ultimately protected by the helmet of salvation, Jesus Christ. Right? That the helmet, as you very well know in a practical sense, is something that, uh, what? That we always need. Um... Whenever we're riding our bike, uh, we always wear a helmet. We tell the kids to wear a helmet. Um, whenever you're skateboarding, you wear a helmet, right? Whenever you're on the construction site, you wear a helmet, right? Uh, these are all places where we want to protect our head because that is another important piece of the body. And therefore, ultimately, it, it is the helmet uh, of the hope of Christ, of salvation given to us, that there we are protected for what is to come, right? Very, very important. Um, so, First Thessalonians five eight. Why don't you? We'll just put that right there. All right. Um, but also, we have the sword of the spirit. Now, how do we defend ourselves against the evil foe? By a sword, right here. And through that sword, it is the word of God that, by the power of the Holy Spirit, He leads us by that word in our defense against the evil foe. See, that's the thing. And, and I'm going to give a little side note here before we continue is that, you know, when we speak of sword and, and what we're up against, um, my moralism can't be the sword of the Spirit. 
my do-goodism cannot be the sword to which I enter into this battle, right? This sword is only the word of God. And I say that because a lot of times I think people will, uh, as I talked about on my sermon last week, which you could always check out on uh, faithmorepark.com, but it's easy to have this type of uh, self-work, uh, this good heart theology, as if we bring the sword to the table to fight our own battles, uh, and we are content and, and, and we're sufficient uh, with what we bring to the table um, in that battle. And the fact is, uh, this manifests itself by uh, the apathy to the word, the lack of reading God's word, the lack of coming to church and hearing God's word, right? Uh, the, 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 the taking for granted uh, the sacraments, um, um, taking uh, for granted uh, the very word of God. And there what morphs into is that not only do we not see the battle for which is at hand, but also what happens. We think that it is under our own duty, our own equipping, that we go into this battle with our own weaponry or our own human will or our own human strength. When in fact, that is what's happening when you hear the word. When you hear the word, what is happening? There you have your spiritual defense, right? If you understand that this day is evil, when you understand that this world that we live in, uh, separated from God, darkness, all these things, there is no other approach, right? If we see the spiritual problem of sin for what it really is, then we very well know that this is the divine armor that we need as we face the days ahead, right? And that is always all this. The armor is what? It's all connected to the word. That's what you need. That's why I always harp on people say, you got to come to church to hear God's word. Oh, but I'm good, pastor. Everything is good. My life is good. Uh, this and that. The word. The words of Christ. The words of the gospel for you. Not just about the gospel, but for you gospel. Right? What Jesus has done for you. This is your spiritual defense. The sword, where there the spirit, faith comes by hearing, hearing the words of Christ, granting you that helmet of salvation as you proceed, invincible, because you are covered by the word, the blood of Christ, the gospel, the sacraments, and there you proceed with this, I don't even know if we can even call it a picture, but a picture of a man who is armored uh, with God, and there we proceed in the midst of the battlefield, and there, because of Christ, the victory has been won. Divine armor. When it's divine armor, all is well, because it's Jesus, right? What he has done for you. And there we proceed in Christ, in Christ's baptismal. Put on baptismal, right? And there we proceed in the divine armor of God. The only armor to which uh, could withstand the schemes of the devil, which therefore grants us to stand firm in Christ Jesus. And there we proceed by all these gifts that he has given to us, rooted in the word. Belt, breastplate, shoes, shield, sword, helmet, all rooted in the word of God. Hear God's word, the words of Christ, time and time again, because there we have our ultimate armor. And in that armor, what do we see now in verses 18 to 20? We see this. Why don't we read this together? 
praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So, what is another gift that he gives in the field as we go on to this battle? This already one battle in Christ Jesus is the gift of prayer. It's our communication with God in words and thoughts. And I always encourage people, pray the Lord's Prayer. Pray the Lord's Prayer. I always encourage people to not only pray the Lord's Prayer, but dig into the catechism, read each meaning, and dwell upon those as you pray. Remember, this is the prayer that the Lord has taught us. And pray, um, even in your own thoughts and words, um, at all times, uh, uh, for your every need, but also for those around you, right? Because prayer, we know, as Jesus is our intercessor, that because of what he has done for us uh, by his death and resurrection, God as uh, not only are we reconciled to God, but we are assured and certain that he hears our prayers. All right? So, um, so therefore... Uh, we, we pray at all times, keeping alert with all perseverance. The battle is real. And how do we persevere? By word and prayer. By word and prayer. Because there, you know, when we talk about praying, it's not just an act, right? It's actually a gift, privilege given to you. And when we do pray, there uh, not only are we um, praying to the Father, but also that we are reminded in this life of faith that we live under His name, that we cling to His name, that um, we cannot live apart from His name. And and there in prayer, we proceed um, as we live under His gracious and merciful care. The content of prayer is interesting. Not only do they pray uh, for their own alertness and perseverance, <coughs> but also a St. Paul is praying or is encouraging them to pray for him, that he may have the words uh, to proclaim boldly the words of Christ and the law and gospel. Why is that important? Because just as St. Paul was a chosen instrument in Acts chapter 9, he very well knows that uh, these are the words, not of himself, but from God. That he is simply an instrument of God's word, and therefore he is telling them to pray for him, that God may give him the words to preach faithfully and boldly uh, the the preaching of the cross, uh, the preaching of Christ and him crucified. Right? And, um, yeah, St. Paul definitely shows uh, the importance of prayer um, uh, for him and other people, right? Uh, this is very important in our lives uh, because this is a gift. And God hears your prayers. He does. He definitely hears your prayers. A weapon, a gift, something we use day in, day out, as there we retreat back to the Father always as he cares and protects us through all the challenges, sufferings, and temptations that we face in the midst of this battlefield, which has already been won. All right, verse 21, 22. Okay, so why is this letter written? Tychicus, the letter bearer, as St. Paul is under house arrest, 
He is writing this letter as a source of encouragement. So that you also may know, verse 21, how I am and what I'm doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose. What's the purpose? That you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. What is your true encouragement? St. Paul reminds the Ephesians through Tychicus in this letter that their encouragement is not St. Paul. It's not his circumstance. And St. Paul would definitely uh, proclaim that it's not about circumstance. That he is, actually, it says, as St. Paul writes, he is content in all things, right? He's content in all things because the greatest encouragement is the divine armor to which we have received, which has won the battle for us by his death and resurrection, which has clothed us and granted to us the the concrete gift of the forgiveness of sins from the cross to his grave. And from the fruits of the cross, we see the sacraments for what they give all by Jesus's promise. And there, this is our source of encouragement because those days are long. This life at times, friends, I can tell you, Uh, Very uphill sometimes, very challenging, very uh, anxious, riddled uh, affliction that sometimes we just get so overwhelmed. But remember the divine armor to which God gives you by his very word. And everything that is happening around you, there we are encouraged because the battle has been won. Right? I mean, this is, this, this is the, the whole point to the book. Right? Paul's letter for encouragement. And how does he encourage you? By the words of Christ, the gospel, the forgiveness of your sins. Right? Not 10 steps how to be a better Christian and prove your worth to God. No. It's only Christ, only Christ, only Christ. All this armor is only Christ. It's his word given to you. That's how God works, right? By his grace, you are saved through faith. Not by your own doing, but through the gift of God. Anyways, so letter of encouragement. That's why we hear God's word, because it brings us back to what our true encouragement is, and that is Jesus, right? This whole armor thing, I know it looks so putrid in how I drew it, but it's actually, <laughs> the words are beautiful, right? Because those words are the adornment of Christ. And here we see it as we move along in this life of faith, as we face what is to come in the fiery darts, knowing that we are covered by Christ. Anyways, that's the point. All right, verse 23, 24. Why don't we read it? Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love uncorruptible. Closing bookend, Ephesians 1-2. We very well know that he uses a very similar address of grace, mercy, and peace, I believe. And now he's ending with grace, love, and faith. But I really want to hone in on this whole word, uncorruptible. Now, what does this mean? It means immutable. Unchangeable. Eternal. Now, why is that so important? Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Right? Because God's gifts are incorruptible, sorry, not uncorruptible, incorruptible, What does that say about your assurance? 
It's ironclad. There's nothing more certain than the incorruptible love of God. That His love is perfect, and because of His love that is perfect, it actually delivers what He promises. Life, forgiveness, and salvation. This is your source of encouragement. This is how you walk in the life of faith. All by the Word of God. You see it right here. And there in all circumstances, you adorn the shield of faith. And there you proceed because you are certain that His love is incorruptible. And because it is incorruptible, His sacrifice um, is acceptable to God. His resurrection gives you the victory to eternal life. And you indeed have salvation as you live life in His name. Word Gospel, sacrament, prayer, divine armor, incorruptible. The devil has all his schemes. Oh, trust me, his, the devil's manual on how many ways he can tempt us is endless. Table of contents, I can't even imagine how many 1As and 1Bs and 1Cs are there in the table of contents. But he has so many different, he's a master of a thousand arts. But you know who Jesus is? He's a master of the infinite, merciful, gracious arts that is the gospel. That is your forgiveness. That is incorruptible. That is the triumphal victory from the snake to the cross to the crown. There our Lord, by his very word, has given you this armor. And there you proceed in Christ. Not take this armor and go to see if you can survive. No, because of the word that shows you for you. There you are in Christ as he equips you and sustains you as you move on your way in Christ Jesus with a battle that has already been won. There you go off within the midst of the fiery darts and there you flee always back to what protects you. And that is Jesus. That's why hearing God's word is so important, friends. You got to hear it. Because there you get back to what is true, what is ironclad, and what is incorruptible. Because throughout the rest of the week, we know our flesh, we know our sin, we look in the mirror, we know that we are sinners, and we need to hear the words of Christ. Yes, the devil will say you are good, you don't need to hear it, life is good, you got all the pieces of the puzzle together, your great houses are full, you got your resume done, you know, you're, you're perfect, you've done all this, you don't need God's word anymore. No, the battle is there. Yes, the battle has been won, but yet in this wait of the not yet for what is to come in his final return there we rest in the word of god in jesus and that's what we need to hear all the time right the death and resurrection of our lord dwelling upon the grace that he has given to you in the water and word of holy baptism feeding upon the body and blood of jesus remember that this day right so when you are how do we apply this okay i know we're going super long here oh man 39 minutes how do we apply this simply this is who you are. And you always have to ask, how was this given to me? Is this man to God or God to man? And of course, divine armor is God to man. Divine armor is God to man. God to man in Jesus Christ. God to man in the word and sacrament. God to man by his promise. And there we live in the promise that he has given to us that is incorruptible. That is tried and true. And that will last to the infinitely, eternally end of time. Right? Which is, well, forever with God, right? Sorry, I didn't mean eternally, end of time. That's not what I meant, but eternally, right? Uh, In this gift of Christ, there we will live with him forever. And and this is our life as Christians. Um, So really take this letter as an encouragement, knowing that you have the strength, you have the might, and that is not you, that is Christ given for you. All right, let us pray.
Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Bless us, O Lord, and guide us in this very word. And may this word dwell within us richly as we continue to live as children of light. Bless us, O Lord, and and through all things and all circumstances, Lord, grant us this faith as you encourage us as the days draw near. Protect us, defend us, and grant us your peace um, in the midst of the world that we live in. Lord, we thank you for your word. May your spirit guide us and, and lead us in all truth. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, uh, thank you for joining me today, uh, wherever, however, and whatever time you are listening to this, may this go well with you. God's blessings to you. And until next time, um, which will be probably in two weeks, have a wonderful day. God bless you all. Yes, the divine armor of God is yours. God has given it to you by his gracious and merciful love. Have a wonderful day. Until next time, adios. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.